Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. I'm your host, Ariel Green. It is the end of January, the end of the first month of a new year, and I know many people have set, you know, resolutions to be more sustainable in different ways. And one of my New Year's resolutions was to eat more plant-based meals. And so I wanted to talk more about veganism and plant-based and, you know, different diets that people within the sustainability community partake in and have conversations around. Because, you know, I think now's a good time to talk about it as it is the end of Veganuary, which if you don't know, Veganuary is being vegan in January. (laughs) So, you know, people will, you know, take on this challenge to eat more plant-based or vegan meals in the new year or in January. So I just thought that it was timely to talk about this, you know, now because, you know, I've had the podcast for several, you know, episodes now and I haven't really talked about how diet impacts the environment. And I will say that, you know, I probably have a bias towards that because I'm not vegan. And, you know, it's such a, in the environmental space, veganism is definitely, you know, promoted for good reasons. Like definitely there are environmental problems when it comes to animal agriculture. And I'm going to get into that. So basically this episode, I am just going off the cuff. I don't have very many notes. I'm just speaking from the heart <laughs> because um, I posted a Instagram reel maybe last week or the week before. And I said that you don't have to be vegan to care about the planet or animals. And it got a lot of positive feedback That just led me to believe that, you know, there's other people out there who are feeling the same way about veganism and how it's really promoted in this community. But, you know, not everyone is vegan or wants to be. And um, so I just kind of, you know, want to talk about the environmental benefits of not eating meat. And then I also want to talk about the differences between plant-based and vegan, vegetarian, and such. And lastly, I'm going to share my journey with meat and not eating it. (laughs) So that's what we're doing today. So buckle up. We're in for a fun discussion. Before I get too deep into it, I do want to urge you to go to Apple podcast to leave a review for the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. It helps so much. And then also please share the podcast with your friends, your family, anyone who you think might be interested in, you know, what I'm talking about here. So yes, please go rate the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast on Apple Podcasts. First, let's talk about the environmental impact that meat consumption has on the environment. According to the EPA, they released a study in 2019 
estimated that animal agriculture produced 10% of the U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. When I was researching this, I found a lot of different studies that showed various numbers. 10% was the lowest, and I saw up to like 25%. I think that it depends on what exactly you're counting in that. So one estimate I saw was by the Visual Capitalist, and that estimated that agriculture, forestry, and land use attributed 18.4% of greenhouse gases. So that includes the livestock and their manure, manure, (laughs) the soil that also included rice cultivation, crop burning, and deforestation, and also crop land. So if you're just looking at the animals itself, you know, of course, that's going to be less because it's only a fraction of it. But still, you know, if that's just 10%, and that's only including animals, that's that's a significant amount. So to put that into perspective, going back to the EPA study, transportation accounted for 29% of greenhouse gases, electricity, 25%, industry was 23%, 13% for commercial and residential. So 10% was agriculture, according to that EPA Um, study. And if you look at it from a different perspective, this is a stat from Grow Intelligence. It says the raising of livestock has disproportionate impact on climate change, accounting for 67% of global agricultural emissions. So looking at the agricultural industry as a whole, whether they're, you know, producing plants or animals, 67% of the emissions come from meat production. It definitely has a major impact on the, you know, agricultural industry and, you know, the amount of greenhouse gases and other problems that they're emitting into the environment because it's not just greenhouse gases. Some of the other problems that the meat industry poses to the environment is water usage, like animal agriculture uses so much water, and also it can pollute groundwater because of the, you know, fecal matter from the animals. And also it can produce like erosion because of the, you know, grazing that the animals should be able to do. Although, you know, they aren't all allowed to graze freely, but still... Now, there are some differences between the type of meat that is produced and how much harm they provide to the planet. (laughs) So, for example, beef is one of the biggest offenders. Um, You know, of course, they're the biggest animal, so it makes sense that they're the biggest offender. However, just looking at the water usage for different livestock per one pound of meat, a chicken would use 520 gallons of water. That's just for one pound of meat. For a pig, that would be 720 gallons. For a sheep, that would be 1,250 gallons of water. And then for the cow, that would be 1,850 gallons of water for just one pound of meat. Now, when it comes to land usage, 
sheeps or lamb is the largest land user <laughs> with beef coming in second, followed by pigs and chickens. Speaking of land usage and agriculture, on Greenpeace.org, they estimated that 80% of global deforestation is a result of agricultural production, and it's the leading cause of habitat destruction. So we're not cutting down trees for toilet paper <laughs> and, you know, paper. It is for animal agriculture. In 2019, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, said that protecting and restoring forests and urgently revamping the global food system through dietary change are key solutions to the escalating biodiversity, climate, and food security crisis. So based on all of that information, you know, it's obvious that animal agriculture is very harmful to the environment from the greenhouse gases that it produces from the harm to, you know, pollution in areas where there are meatpacking plants and to the pollution of groundwater from animal feces to the complete destruction of our forests in order to produce more animal agriculture. You know, there definitely needs to be a change when it comes to how we consume meat. And I'm not even touching on the ethical aspects of meat production. You know, I'm that's not been my main focus when it comes to animal agriculture. Like, you know, I love the animals and stuff, but I look at it more from a climate, like environmental aspect rather than ethical, like should you raise and kill animals for human consumption because I'm okay with that. Don't cancel me. I think most of us within the environmental space, if we're not vegan or plant-based, I think that we can all agree that reducing the amount of meat that we're eating is something good that we can do for the planet. So next, I want to talk about the differences between the terms vegan, plant-based, vegetarian, and any other terms that may be floating out there. Let's start with the word vegan, because I think that's one of the more widely used words, um, especially in the past. So I'm going to explain this in my own terms. The way that I view veganism is a person who doesn't eat meat or animal products like eggs, cheese, you know, dairy in general, um, or honey or any animal derived products. So that would also include things like gelatin, which comes from the uh, bone of a cow or something like that. So anything that kind of falls into the category that even closely comes from any animal or insect even. And veganism isn't just limited to food. It also includes leather and fur and anything that has, again, come from an animal. 
I would also say that many vegans are also interested in the ethics of animal production for human consumption for food or products. Another term that has gained popularity in the past few years is plant-based. Now, my definition of plant-based is mainly someone who focuses on eating foods that are mainly coming from plants. So, you know, it's not just fruits and vegetables, but also whole grains and beans and seeds and such. So I would say a plant-based diet looks very similar to a vegan diet, but I think the difference is that when you're plant-based, you're not necessarily vegetarian or vegan. So you may have cheese every now and then, or you may have, you know, some type of meat every now and then, but the your primary source of nutrition comes from plants and whole grains. Another key difference that I see between vegans and plant-based people is that, you know, there are some products, some foods that are quote unquote accidentally vegan, like Oreos. <laughs> so since a person who's plant-based are mainly getting their sources of nutrition from whole grains, they're not really eating processed foods, I think that a vegan person would eat more foods that are processed but are vegan, whereas a person who's plant-based would stay away from the highly processed foods. I would say another difference between vegan and plant-based would be that a vegan person may not eat spaghetti, for example, like a bleached enriched pasta, but a vegan person probably would eat that. It might be a big source of carbs for them. Like I mentioned earlier, a vegan probably cares more about the ethics of animal production, while a plant-based person may not have the same motivations when it comes to that, and they've changed their diet more for environmental or health reasons. A plant-based person might also eat honey and wear leather. A plant-based person would probably stay from meat alternatives like the Beyond Burger, while a vegan person may have that as a large staple of protein in their diet. To me, the term plant-based is a little more relaxed than vegan, and I can see why it has gained popularity over the past few years because vegans got a bad rap like in the media for being super judgmental towards people who still eat meat. And um, and then, you know, again, they're strict when it comes to other animal-derived products, particularly clothing and honey, I think. So being plant-based allows a little bit more freedom to choose your diet on your own terms. Then we have vegetarians. So a vegetarian is someone who doesn't eat meat, but will eat um, dairy or other animal byproducts, such as yogurt and eggs and such things like that. There are pescatarians. So those are people who don't eat meat, such as chicken and beef and pork. They just eat fish or, you know, um animal products that are found in the ocean. 
These are all broad terms and broad definitions. You can be any one of these things and, you know, set different parameters for yourself that may look different for somebody else. So I think these are just, you know, more of a starting point to kind of have this discussion about the different options when it comes to your diet. If you're looking to incorporate more plant-based products into your meal routine, check out Hive. It's an online marketplace that stocks planet-friendly food, wellness, and household basics. Search for products by category like vegan or fair trade, or search for brands that support causes like the environment or ending poverty and hunger. I've discovered so many tasty snacks like a mushroom jerky from Pans and jalapeno cheese balls from Pipcorn. They have something for everyone, whether you're a vegan or an omnivore. Use code SUSTAINABLEBROWNGIRL for free shipping on your first order of $40 or more. This isn't sponsored, but it is an affiliate code to help keep the podcast going. Use the link in the show notes to check out Hive. Now I want to shift into my history with different eating habits. So (laughs) let's go way back to the early 90s. I was five years old and my family had just switched to the religion Seventh-day Adventist. And in that religion, it's one of the main pillars is being vegetarian, you know, not eating any meat products. So from the time I was five or six years old up until probably I was 11 or 12, my family was vegetarian. Like I said, this was the early 90s. Vegan was not a widely used term. And being vegetarian, you know, meant that we didn't eat cheese or eggs or meat products. We drank soy milk. We ate tofu. We ate a lot of vegetables and we ate pasta too. So... You know, that was that was growing up. And guys, back in the 90s, there were so few options for meatless meals. Really, the only option we had was soy milk. And I think Morningstar was a thing back then. There were no vegan butters in the grocery store. There were any vegan cheeses. I don't think that there were any dairy-free yogurts. Like it was rough back then. (laughs) So I just have these memories of not being able to eat a lot of things. There was even a point where we went to Burger King and my mom would order a Whopper and take the meat off. (laughs) So like, you know, there weren't any vegan restaurants or very few vegetarian restaurants too. You know, of course you can always order a salad and fries, but as far as having meals that were at least vegetarian, it was so rare. Soy milk was the only dairy-free option for milk. Um, I remember one time the grocery store was out of soy milk, so my mom bought like 
lactose-free creamer. <laughs> oh my God, it was so gross eating that in my cereal. I mean, it was sweet, but it it was it didn't feel right. So yeah, being vegetarian in the early 90s, pushing veganism, which wasn't even a thing, was rough. So from the time I was like 11 or 12, one of my aunts came to live with us and she introduced turkey and chicken back into our diets. So from the time that I was, you know, 11 or 12 up until, you know, my adulthood, I continued eating um, chicken and turkey. But honestly, since I became a vegetarian at the age of five, I really have no recollection of ever having a hamburger or bacon or, you know, any type of beef or pork. So even though we introduced turkey and chicken and fish back into our diets, I never started eating beef or pork again. And I really don't feel like I'm missing anything. You know, I married a huge omnivore when my husband and I got married um, or we started living together. I would see him eat plates of meat like his dad would barbecue and, you know, make hot dogs and steak and pork chops and chicken. And my husband would pile his plate full of meat. It just blew my mind. But fortunately, he has never pressured me to eat meat um, or, you know, eat beef or pork or anything. And I have cooked it for him before. Apparently, I make a mean steak. But, you know, as far as like having beef and pork on a regular basis, we've never done that. At the beginning of us starting to live together, I would buy, you know, a half gallon of cow's milk for him and a half gallon of almond milk for myself or soy milk. And, you know, that's how we lived for several years until one day my husband called me and he told me that he had just watched a documentary on Netflix called Vegucated and he was switching to veganism cold turkey. You guys don't know how freaking floored I was for that revelation. It it was it was crazy. So that night that he called me, I went to the grocery store and I stocked up on a lot of meat replacements and and you know looked up a few easy recipes and for almost a year we were vegan and what made us slip back into eating meat again was that Kroger used to sell and I think they started selling them again but they used to sell these simple truth fake chicken nuggets And we based so much of our meal planning and our daily sustenance on these fake chicken nuggets. And at one point, they stopped selling them. I think maybe Simple Truth was going through a rebrand or something. I'm not, I'm still not sure 10 years later. But because we could not find those chicken nuggets, we started eating meat again. It started with just ordering out and, you know, ordering chicken or whatever he wanted to eat. And eventually, you know, I had to start cooking and I hadn't 
learned enough about how to cook with plants in order to continue our vegan lifestyle. So that was almost eight, eight or nine years ago now. And we haven't been vegan since. <laughs> I will say, though, that since we were vegan, we have definitely reduced the amount of meat that we eat. We go, you know, we can go a week without eating meat. My husband has stopped drinking cow's milk. He's not afraid of vegan meals like he was before he watched that documentary. And speaking of the documentary, the thing that really turned him off and after I watched it with him turned me off about the animal agriculture industry was just seeing how all of the meat is produced. Like it's gross. <laughs> There's nothing appealing about it. And so even though I'm not vegan anymore and I still eat meat um, on a regular basis, I do believe that the animal agriculture industry needs to change. I don't think that it's healthy to produce meat on such a wide basis, you know, to be to be demolishing land to make more animal farms. That's not okay. <laughs> so the way that I feel about meat eating as an environmentalist is that ideally, I would like to be able to get my meat sources from a local and organic source. You know, I don't want to go to the grocery store and see packs of 20 wings being sold because it's, I always think about how many chickens had to die for this. You know, I would be more in tune with you know, being able to enjoy meat as a treat, you know, once a month because this chicken just cost me $30 that just came from, you know, the farmer down the street. That would be my ideal way of receiving meat. You know, I don't think that we need to have it with every meal. I think that we definitely need to back off of that notion. I think that it would be beneficial for everyone to eat less meat and less animal products. But I don't think that everyone needs to be vegan. So that's just where I stand with that. And, you know, it's definitely better for the environment for everyone to eat less meat. And it's better for animals, too, for everyone to eat less meat. I just wanted to give my two cents on that topic because it's not something that I've really talked about much on the podcast. And coming up this season, I do want to have more vegan people and plant-based people talking about their experience and giving tips to people who, you know, want to incorporate more plant-based and vegan meals into their life, including myself. Because like I said at the beginning of this episode, I want to start incorporating more plant-based meals into my diet this year. With the panty, I really let myself slip like with how much I was cooking and I was ordering DoorDash so much. I live in the suburbs, so there aren't very many meat-free options. So I was eating a lot of fish and chips, a lot of chicken sandwiches, and, you know, just a variety of 
meat-based meals. I want to do better for the planet. I want to do better for my body. So I'm going to be more plant-based going forward. And fortunately, my husband is on board. You know, we both know how healthy, how much healthier we felt when we were vegan. And we kind of want to get back to that. So, you know, it's a double entendre. We're getting two things in one. Better for the planet, better for our bodies. Well, my fellow friends and sustainable brown girls, that brings me to the end of this episode. If you want to keep the conversation going, please follow me at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send me any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. You can catch up on the full episodes of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts to leave your glowing review for the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Until next week, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.